Welcome to Pitch Perfect, a podcast series where we share cutting-edge strategies and practices of organizations on building a successful sales strategy team. As consumers have more knowledge than ever because of the access to the internet, it is now more important than ever for sales reps to know the products they're selling inside and out. In this episode, we're going to discuss on mastering product knowledge for sales success. This podcast series is powered by Aparacom, an AI-enabled video roleplay platform for sales training. We are really happy to have Mr. Shridhar Ramurthy on our podcast today. Shridhar is a true thought leader in the areas of leadership and sales productivity enhancement. He has over 20 years of experience in product knowledge and training and development. He is currently working as a head of product development and management at Reliance Nippon Life Insurance. A very warm welcome to Pitch Perfect, Shridhar. Thank you so much, Vishala. And really appreciate for inviting me <laughs> onto this particular podcast. Uh, so I want to start off uh, with the first question. Why do you think it is crucial for sales reps to have a deep understanding of the products they're selling? Wow, I think that's a very interesting question. Now, the word deep could be subjective, but uh, at the outset, let's keep it at should sellers or salespeople have a good understanding? You know, deep could be subjective, but should they have a good understanding of the product? Now, this is almost akin to saying that, you know, I go to a doctor and uh, during the process of uh, introspection and the questions the doctor asked, just imagine, uh, Vishala, if you were going to the doctor and you start feeling uncomfortable, primarily because of the credentials of the doctor or probably the way in which he or she is coming across to you. If you get this feeling of you know being uncomfortable, that whether the credentials are good enough, should I consult this doctor? Does this doctor have enough experience? What he or she is saying making sense or not? How would you feel as a prospective patient? So I think, uh, uh, you know, a seller has to communicate this entire feeling onto the customer that he or she understands the domain that they are trying to pitch for. And ultimately, see, it's not sales, right? Selling, uh, sales is not about selling anymore. It's all about building trust and educating the other person. That's what it's actually come to. Most of the products nowadays, uh, if a customer wants to, can go to a you know go to internet uh, chat gpt is there you know you can have in-depth understanding about any concept or a product so it's not just about selling it's, uh, it's 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 a lot about building that trust and trust only comes if you're able to communicate that to the customer that look uh, you have given your trust to me and i'm not going to falter on that and that can only be done in the initial part of the conversation by demonstrating that you understand your product that's why I feel I think product uh, information and knowledge is very important for the seller. Uh, that's a great answer, Shridhar. I think you highlighted an important point. Um, building trust with the customer in this, in this era, it is very important. Um, just a follow-up question on that. So how can uh, salespeople use their product knowledge to better understand customer needs and address their pain points? I think this is related to the first question. Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful follow-up question. See, one thing we'll have to be very, very clear that what are we doing? And I'm talking now from the perspective of the seller. If the seller goes on to a militant search to find, you know, uh, customers for your product, then it's going to be a very tough ordeal. So my ideal in this case would be that don't try to find customers for your product. Okay. You find products for your customers. Just shift the game. And that's 
I would like to link this fact to my previous uh, previous question that you had answered and my answer to that. That look, it's all about what the customer requires, and uh, at some point of time, we are trying to solve an important customer problem. Okay, it's not about selling your product because when you do that, what you're trying to do is you're trying to fit a certain product which was built with a certain need in mind onto a customer who may or may not have that need. Right. So we should just flip the equation. So instead of trying to find customers for your product. you should try to fit or find product that you have for your customers it's so simple right and that's where mashallah i feel that uh, you know finding out the need of the customer is extremely crucial now here comes the tricky part um <laughs> uh, this differentiation of how should i now approach the whole thing and try to find the need of the customer is where this entire game of sales is being played right so it really depends on what kind of uh, you know services or product that you're involved in so the, the real question starts from there so what we have observed uh, vishala is that uh, if i were to give you one metric okay one simplified metric it's a very complex uh, deal at the end of the day because at the end of the day you want a customer to first of all appreciate like understand the solution or product you're giving and most importantly he or she has to pay you for it and we you must have heard of this terminology right buyer's remorse that every time you buy something there is that little feeling in you hope i have made the right decision so the more your product or solution has been tailored to the explicit need of the customer the lesser of buyer remorse you would have and as i said this depends on how much value are you extracting out of the customer so if it is a very small valued product most of the researchers have shown that you can get away with uh, trying to force fit your product onto the customer without uh, delving deep into their needs but the moment the value of the product goes up okay if the value of the product or the solution goes up the customers obviously are more aware and they would want to extract the maximum value out of it there just knowing your product and features may not help unless and until you can convert that whole knowledge into giving a solution to your customers and for that you need to know exactly and deeply the explicit need of the customers and that's where i think a a, a good need analysis uh, helps for you to make a better sale Right, Shrida. That's an incredible answer. I think building products for your customers. I think that's a wonderful answer. So too many people focus on creating solutions, but I think first you need to start with understanding the problems. So that is a great answer. Ah, uh, so uh, my last question to you is: So what are the ways sales reps can use both need-based selling and product knowledge to successfully close more deals? yeah absolutely i think uh, see both are required right as i told you if you have a, a a doctor who does not understand his trade it's going to be very difficult for him or her but at the same time okay i'll try to counter this okay counter this whole theory because i think we need to have take contrary views to our own statements to ultimately arrive on one perfect solution right there is a common myth or a perception that uh, people who understand uh, things very deeply may not become good sellers <laughs> i often face it uh, in my trade 
So as you know, I work with an insurance firm. Quite often I hear it from, the, you know, senior people that, look, you don't want to convert him into a PhD, right? We want him to sell. So there is a common myth that uh, a PhD cannot sell. <laughs> so that's where I, I brought the uh, earlier distinction that, look, it depends on the value of the product that you are selling. Okay. So it is proportionate. So uh, let's take an example. Uh, we are driving, uh, you know, onto our, you're going to your office or you're probably coming back from your office, right? You must have seen whenever we stop our car at a, at a junction or a, or a signal, you see a lot of these vendors, right? And Vishal, I don't know whether you've traveled in buses. I've traveled in buses, okay, in my early on in my career. So, so we used to have a lot of these vendors, you know, trying to sell uh, very unique products, you know, in, 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 in the bus. Now, look at their style of selling. So what they, what they do is they enter the bus and uh, they will have peculiar voice, which is, you know, it, it may not be a baritone, but they will have a very sharp voice so that everyone is able to listen to it. And they, they will throw out the features of the product. They'll tell you all of, about the product and how great the product is and how many number of things that particular product can achieve. Let's say case in point is a set of incredible screwdriver. <laughs> okay, and which can double up as a tester, it can double up as a hammer, it can double up as a torch light and many more such things, right? So what, what they do is they'll come and give you an entire plethora of features that that particular product can do. And while everyone is uh, focused on their journey, they're also listening to this, this, this chap. And then in the end, he says, there are 100 things that the product can do. And all of this for 50 rupees. Now what happens is, considering the value to the number of items that product can do, decisions are being made. At that point of time, you probably may not require that, do I really need this product? Do I have an explicit need? You look at the value. You say, look, if it doesn't work also, all I've lost is 50 bucks, right? Now, depending on your affluence, you will make a decision, a buying decision. However, now if you transpose this technique onto a reasonably high value sale, which runs in few thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, and you use the same technique, you know, imagine you're walking into an organization where your decision maker is, is the head of sales or head of HR. And you walk inside and say, hey, this is Vishala here. And you rattle off 100 features that you have <laughs> on your product. And say, and all this for 100,000 rupees. <laughs> do you think psychologically, do you think it will make the same impact from a buyer standpoint? So I think... A very important aspect here is also to understand who your customers are, what is the value of your product, complexity of the product, and match the, the technique or the method. Technique, I, I think, is a wrong word because the moment you say technique, then everyone starts to copy the same thing. It has to be customized. So you need to have a method uh, to approach a certain problem. Okay, there is no one-size-fits-all method here, but there has to be a perfect balance between you need to know sufficient about the product, but at the same time, you need to know sufficient about the customer as well if your value of the product is, uh, I would say, mid to high.
you can still somehow survive uh, if you're selling a low uh, cost or a low value product uh, with a technique which is pretty standardized where you go and rattle off uh, things that the product can do. Uh, you still have some takers, you know. Typically, akin to the example I gave you, you're on a signal and there are people trying to sell you stuff which are extremely inexpensive. You may want to buy it out of charity or you say that it's okay. Even if it doesn't work, I'm okay. <laughs> so that's how I think a customer psychology works and it has to be well studied. Right, Shriya, that's a wonderful answer with really interesting examples. We have another segment called What If? It is like a hypothetical situation-based question. So what if a customer raises an objection that a sales rep can't immediately answer? So how can sales reps use their product knowledge or need-based selling approach to overcome such challenges? Okay, uh, see, common uh, theories on this say that, oh, it's a great thing to get objections. Because that's that's a, that's a way for you to better explain your product or maybe explain to the customer certain facets that were not probably earlier asked. And if you feel that your product is really competitive, uh, this is the time for you to create that pitch and close it, close the deal. But at the same time, uh, it's contrarian again, what I'm saying. If you've made a good, if you've done a good need analysis, you understand your product well and you've really, really tailored your product in a manner that it meets the explicit need of the customer, I would say you should ideally not get an objection. Okay? So there are two views here. One is, if you've done a f- fairly good job in the, in the in, at the inception stage, you should not be getting these objections. A lot of these objections would have already been answered during your conversation. However, post that, if you still get an objection, I think it's, it's a fabulous uh, uh, idea to not just start rattling off answers, uh, you know, in a in a jiffy. You should always try to reframe because many a times what happens is what you feel the customer has said, he or she may not have said that. It's extremely important for you to absolutely understand what he or she is asking. So get into the depth. Try to uh, get into the depth of why the customer is asking that question on your product. It could be a price uh, objection, right? It could be a feature-based objection. It could be a comparative objection that, look, I've got something from XYZ organization and I feel it's better. Now, if you start rattling off your, uh, let's say, answer to it, you know, Mr. Customer, you know, I feel my product is better, then, you know, it's a it's an ego tussle. And that's the last thing that you want to do with the customer, right? So it's, it's advisable that you get to the bottom of the origin of that particular objection. So what exactly is he trying to ask? Is it about price? Is it about quality? Is it about uh, services? Is it about perception, brand perception? So till the time you're not very clear, I think a good strategy would be keep asking. So, you know, on that, uh, I, I would I would like to just quote one very simple thing that, you know, when sales representative, you know, should take, they should take the role of a very curious student <laughs> as against, as an informed expert. Many a times, you know, this mistake often happens that, you know, they try to act as they are experts. So the buyers are more inclined to engage with curious students as against informed experts. So it helps you in objection handling goals. Hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect answer. So yeah, so basically we have to really understand the customers and take feedback from them and see what is it exactly that is causing this issue. 
Also, I'll just like to add one more point. You have to be there, okay? Like, for example, you're asking me a question and uh, instead of being here and listening to your question and the intent of the question, if I'm thinking of something else or probably an answer, a pre-meditated answer that's there in my mind, I'm not going to be able to answer to you effectively because I don't understand what what is the intent of your question. Question I can understand, but what's the true intent of the question? So it's very important for sellers not to have these scripts running in their mind and be there. Just be right there. What Try to understand what the customer is saying. That's very important. Right. Too many sellers are always, you know, trying to chase the targets and it's not easy to be present. So I think you highlighted an important point. Um, so there is a last question and you just have to agree or disagree with this statement. It is impossible to become an expert in your product if the organizations are like constantly selling new or different products. What do you think about that? I think, yeah, it's true. It's true. We can't uh, put all the blame onto a poor seller, right? Because organizations are evolving. Uh, there's regulatory pressures. Customers' needs are changing. A lot of competition is there and constantly products keep coming. So instead of saying that our sellers need to become product experts, I think we need to teach uh, our sellers a method to learn. Okay, There can always be a method to learn. And that is where I think dichotomy is that when when leaders come and say, look, I don't want my sellers to become PhDs because then they don't sell. And I've, I've, I've heard things to this extent that more the guy knows, lesser he's able to sell. Okay, I've even heard these kind of statements. So I think where it comes from uh, or it stems from is that it's not about the educational part of knowing the product. It's about an entire methodology of engaging, how to engage with the customer so that uh, if you have, uh, as an organization, you have created a method to learn and understand the needs of the customer and also understand any new product, okay? There is a method to learn, okay? It's not about knowing all the features. It's about knowing what to know. You know, in, in let's say, in, in if I give you half an hour to read a document, you should know what to read in it. You can't read everything, but you should know what to read and grasp it and then use it accordingly. And most important aspect is in sales, I would feel, more than the knowledge part, knowledge has to be there, but it's there somewhere in the background. What's more important is you be there with the customer, try to understand what the customer is saying, okay? You have to get involved to that degree that you understand what customer what is the customer's intent? And then you're able to verbalize your features in a manner that it acts like a solution to the explicit customer problems. And while you're doing this entire thing, this entire equation while it's happening, you have to ensure that the customer also trusts you in this entire process. And trust can only happen when you have you know, explicitly demonstrated certain behaviors Uh, which evokes that feeling of trust in the customer. It's more of an attitudinal thing as against a knowledge-based thing. That's what sales is all about. So you need to be able to paint an entire picture, you know. So I think the lost part of sales nowadays is the story-selling side of it. People are not able to create that whole story as to why you require this product. Yeah, creating a story and making it a story, that's uh, something that I've also noticed. 
companies do have to create a framework and also i'm sure right now there are a lot of technologies also that can help sales reps stay updated with the new product features so i think that's a good thing and so this brings me to the end of our show uh, shreeda thank you so much for being the guest speaker and i had a good time interviewing you thanks a lot sachala thanks for uh, inviting me and i hope uh, our viewers benefit from this thank you so much thank you so much so that was mr shridhar ramurthy thank you for tuning into pitch perfect we really hope you liked this episode don't forget to subscribe and follow us and we'll come back with another episode every 3 weeks this is your host vishala sanima